Hi, I'm Patrick Kagan, your host for Sales Hindsights, a podversation that combines my 30 plus years of experience with the expertise of my guests, and trust me, all of them will amaze you. Now, it's been said that hindsight is 2020 vision, so my guests and I are charged with answering one thing for you knowing what we know now, what best practices and takeaways have the last 30 years in sales, sales management, executive leadership, and entrepreneurship provided to us that you can take with you. So enjoy the listen as we podversate for your growth. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Sales Hindsights. Just by tuning in, two things have happened for you. The first is that you've actually taken the very first best step toward improving some situation or some outcome in your world and your life that you're not happy with. So congratulations on that. The second thing that's happened, though, is that you've actually proven to yourself just by hitting play that outside confidential coaching can actually be a benefit to you. And that's the biggest first step most people can't take. So that's a bigger congratulations and a bigger kudos to you because your personal growth is just around the corner. Now, in the course of our conversation, you're going to discover a couple of things. One is that we aim to make sales make sense. But the other thing that's really beautiful about our format for this conversation is that the listener's voice has come to life. And with your input, we've been able to not only make sales make sense, but we take on topics that have to do with leadership, management, entrepreneurship, and even life sometimes. We make life make sense. We try to do it in a very practical and easy to understand approach. We try to give you those little nuggets that you get to carry with you every day. And when you need them most, you reach down in your pocket, you pull out that nugget, and you apply that day's lesson, and it gets you through. Now, I want you to make sure that you download, follow, and support our podcasts. And you can do this really easily. Just go to pksolutionsgroup.com. That's our website. And the way you can support the show is simple things. There's a button there called Our Podcast. Make sure you're downloading, listening to, following, liking, sharing the podcast. That helps a bunch. If you'd like, and you want one-on-one individual help in your own situation, you can set up monthly membership, and you can support the podcast that way and the conversation that way. And you'll get one-on-one individual customized help on a regular basis. Or you could do contact us and just get help on an as-needed basis. And then the last thing you can do is go to our shop button at our website, and there you can buy single edition format on some of the bonus content, things that we cover in a deeper aspect and a a much more broader uh, uh, aspect than we do in just uh, the podcast that we have time for. But your support is important so we can keep bringing you great content and great guests. Now, today we're going to talk about something that we all hear about all the time, which is goals. And people like to talk about setting goals and becoming more goal-oriented and that type of thing. And I'm going to um, I'm going to ask you to think about, are you really a goal-oriented person? Most people would say yes. Most people like to think they're goal-oriented. But when you really boil it down, a goal is a task. It's a thing you have to do. It's a thing you have to get to. You make a list of tasks, substitute the word task, you're making a list of goals. I like to think of myself as someone who is more reward-motivated, reward-oriented. I like to get what comes along with whatever the accomplishment of my goals are. So I'm a reward person. The task itself, eh, it doesn't really motivate me. 
but it helps me stay on a path. It gives me some direction. So ask yourself if you're more motivated by having the task, making the list itself, or the rewards you get for good hard work that's accomplished. Now, I'm going to make this simple. I'm going to use sales as an example for how to set and reach a goal and make it uh, happen in bite-sized pieces. Now, you don't have to you, you don't have to be in sales to set goals and set rewards for those. This could be um, growing a sales team. This could be growing a management team. This could be improving your own personal performance in your in your role. Uh, at your job, it could be uh, becoming a better manager. You could use it if you're trying to, you know, stop a bad habit. Maybe you want to lose weight. Maybe you want to stop smoking. Maybe you want to start exercising more. It all applies. But when you use sales and then you substitute what your individual goal or task would be. So in the instance of sales, I'm going to play the part of a salesperson. And I know that I'm going into a new sales year, and I would like to increase my sales by a half a million dollars per year. And every sales organization is going to have a different number. So if your company uh, is a smaller company, and maybe your your sales size is somewhere around $200 or $50 per sale, you would have to adjust your numbers. If you're a multi-million dollar company and your sales rep who works in million dollar or two million or three million or multi-million dollar contracts, you're going to have to adjust your number upwards. I'm just using a round number just for the sake of math and you'll follow along and it'll make sense. So the first thing you do is you say, well, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to grow my sales by half a million dollars by $500,000 annually. So what I would do then is convert my annual goal, my annual task into something that's monthly. So when I divide my 500,000 uh, per year by 12 months, it comes out to just under $42,000. It's $41,666 per month I'd like to grow my business by. And I break that down then into a daily goal. And I use 20 work days, assuming five days per month. Um, and that comes out to just under $2,100 per day. It's actually 2083. But now I know that's my daily goal. Now, in my imaginary company, the average dollar value of my sale, of every sale that I make, is $3,000. And I could I could easily get that by looking at the previous year's sales dollars, and I divide those sales dollars by the number of sales I've made, and that tells me my dollar value of my sale. That's, that's the simplest way to get there. So I'm assuming that I averaged $3,000 per sale for the number of sales I made, and I want to grow that by half a million. So I only need 70% of a sale to reach my new $500,000 growth, or I'm going to round that up to I need one extra sale every day to grow my business. So it seems simple enough as math goes, but now how do you get there? So knowing what you want to do, that's the first thing. Boiling it down to what its baby steps are, that's the next thing. And then saying, well, how do I get there? How do I grow by one more sale a day? That actually can seem quite daunting if you're not make not in a business where you make a sale a day or you make um, you know, a sale a week. Sometimes they come in, in pockets and they come in uh, you know, groups, but they don't happen on a regular basis. So knowing that it's well, it's only one sale a day, what are the ways I can get there? So uh, I want to give you some things to think about that you could do to get to new sales. And none of this has to do with busting down new walls and breaking 
effort, you know, uh, effort records. You, you can you can exert the same effort, but be smarter about it. So think of it like a a working smarter in my current assignment role. How would I do that? Um, so one of the things I always like to do with my customers is I look at what I provide, and I try to see if I can find brand new solutions to bring to them. So it doesn't mean that uh, you know I've got a widget that I sell them that's blue, and now I want to go sell them a widget that's pink. That's not a solution. That's a different feature. That's a different color. That's not going to help me grow my sales. So in your business, don't trade your blue widget for your pink widget and think that you're providing a new solution. So you want to think about what you offer them today. What are things that support that or what are new problem areas that your current client might have problems with? If you can find new solutions, what's nice is that when you're offering solutions, you show that you're thinking about the client, you show that you're trying to be a problem solver, they may tell you no, and that no may be not now, but maybe later, but they do see that you're thinking about them, you're thinking about their business, you're trying to provide value, and you're doing it in a consultative way. And not a lot of sales folks do that. Sometimes they respond to an inbound inquiry, they show up when only there's a sale to be made, they hide when there is a problem. How often does somebody sit down and say, I was thinking about your business, I thought you might have a problem. I wanted to address that with a solution I think I have to that problem. And if the buyer says, hey, you know, I appreciate your time. Thanks. That's not really a problem for me or for our business. What they might not say is that was pretty nice of you, though, to take the time and think about that. So you set yourself apart. And when you ask for things that they do need that have a higher value, you're going to be in a better position. The other thing you can do If you currently say you offer every solution to your customer that your company could provide them, you may try to find a way to increase the value of what you're offering and do that with a higher price because of the higher value. Um, So in other words, you're already selling them their widgets, but you have to identify the pain that they have that exists still with buying your widgets. So an example might be a company who buys, they they manufacture uh, items and you sell them the raw materials. So it might be a company who prints um, and they buy big rolls of paper from you, for instance. You might find that they're limited on space to store paper. So they end up buying frequently lots of rolls of paper because they can't store a lot of it. And so they're they're buying 10 and 15 and 20 times a month. You might suggest to them buying everything from you annually and you store and ship just in time. You have a higher price for storage, shipping just in time, but they can then maybe over time uh, find a way to produce better or expand their equipment and not use up space for storage. Now, the other part of that is maybe people are simply buying from you as needed and producing the goods that they need to produce. And you suggest to them, commit everything to me for the whole year. I'll store it and ship it to you. And you get to get savings from a huger buy and you do pay for some storage 
um, and, and things like that. But you can lower their freight cost, their transportation cost, their storage cost, their materials cost. These are ways where you can add value to what you're currently doing by thinking about them as a business person and the obstacles they face beyond just buying transactionally what they get from you. So try to take a look at what you are currently providing. See if there is a way to add value to what you supply to them. And if you do add value, can you add some price? I will caution you that if your only way to increase sales is just to increase price with nothing else that comes along with it, um, it's a shortcut to losing business. You can't just raise pricing on your customers just because. there ha- And it, it can't always be because inflation or the economy or you know some economic factor. That can't always be the reason prices go up. You can ask for more if you are providing more. So I always encourage you to always look for ways in all types of economies to add value to what you do and see if there is a price that you can add to that that makes it worthwhile to your customer. Um, so it's, a, it's another form of taking away current pain that they experience. And whenever you can take away pain, you've got a good business model. Um, another way where you're working with the same group of customers is to get better at asking for referrals. And when you ask a customer for a referral, you're asking for them to either refer you to somebody they know within their existing company that they work at that could also do business with you that you aren't currently doing business with. You could be asking them for a referral outside of their company, and then that really could fall into the category of neighboring businesses, people they know in the area around them, or maybe to groups that they belong to. And that's that's purely from a sales standpoint, refer me to somebody you know that I could sell to. The other way to get a referral is to ask, what groups do you belong to on social media? I'd like to join and become more involved. What groups do you belong to where you volunteer your time? I'd like to join and become more involved. Networking and personal relationships are great ways. Personal referrals of you as a person they buy from is a great way to build your business. So referrals is almost a lost art nowadays, and and sales has become um, a world where many folks believe you simply ha- handle the transaction or you handle a customer complaint and that's where it stops. Uh, and that's really where the sales process should begin. And salespeople need to kind of get back to becoming the best at asking for referrals and solving uh, pain points in the current solutions that they're already providing. I'd encourage you also as a sales professional to take a look at your client base and arrange your clients from um, most sales down to least sales and break them into categories of you know the top 25%, second tier 25%, third tier 25%, and bottom tier 25%. And you're going to want to find ways to increase your time spent with the top 25%. With the bottom 25%, you need to either reduce the amount of time you spend with them or find a way to offload them to a junior executive, which frees up more time for you to spend with existing top-tier clients. And also, you need to take, take a look at your list of prospects. Who are the dream-come-true prospects that if you sell them, they make your year come true? They make the $500,000 goal of increase seem like small potatoes because they could make your year. So I would arrange my customers in that sequence, and I would try to increase my top 25%. I try to add five to 10 more clients to that list. And I would try to keep moving folks up. 
but I would make my time spent with my top 25% higher, my bottom 25%, I would reduce or eliminate the time I spend with them um, because they will take up the same amount of time as your top spenders, but they just don't have the capacity to spend more with you. So I think that's a really uh, important aspect. And none of us think of growing our sales by getting rid of customers, but getting rid of those ones that take up a lot of time and can't really grow to be any more, that's, that's really going to free up your time to get with those that can do more for you. Now, another thing that folks get away from these days to grow sales is adding back good old-fashioned cold calling. And cold calling isn't, you know, like it used to be in the old days, knock on a door, walk through a door, um, demand to see the manager, whatever, that type of thing. I like to cold call with an objective. My cold call might be to, it might be physically to walk through a door, um, but my objective then might be to greet the receptionist and get to know that person's name, let them know what I do, and just ask for who would be somebody who would be in charge of the area that I work in. And you might ask for two or three names, and you might say, great, and what's the best way to reach them? Would it be voicemail or a phone call, or how would I reach them? I want to get them some information. And make sure you have the correct spelling of that person's name. You can follow up with some information, but you can also then begin to connect with them on social media and, again, find the groups that they belong to. And don't make selling them your first conversation. Don't make that your goal. When you converse on a social media platform, you might want to contribute with some thoughtful articles or you might want to read what they've written or what they've liked and you might want to comment on that. You might want to find out if there are committees or meetings or networking events. You might want to see who else you're connected to that could then be a referral for you. So cold calling can be a way just to get more information. It doesn't need to be to get to a sale immediately or in the next three steps, but it's a way to continue moving the process forward and get you moving closer towards your goals. If you're doing all these things simultaneously, some things are going to work. Some things are not going to work. Don't be afraid to try, though, because activity towards that goal, towards that reward you get from reaching that goal, activity that moves towards that is always good. Some activity leads to the reward quicker. Some leads to it slower. Some never leads to it. But I will guarantee you, no activity will lead you to no reward and no growth. And if you say, I want to grow my sales by 500,000, you can equate that to, if I grow my sales by 500,000, what will I grow my income by? And that's what a salesperson should truly always be doing. They should take a look at the fact that every day you're in sales, you have the chance to write yourself a raise. You don't need to rely on a corporation or an economic upturn or downturn to affect your income. You can truly write yourself a raise every single day that you're employed in a sales capacity. So I would say set a goal to sit down and set your goals. And then when you do that and you break it into the small bite-sized pieces, make sure that you align rewards for taking the steps towards that goal. Don't make the achievement of the goal when you finally reward yourself because sometimes it's very, very hard to achieve that goal. And if you don't get rewarded until you actually do that, that can be very discouraging. So reward yourself along the way for the efforts toward that greater good, that greater goal, and 
break it into bite-sized pieces, and then look at what are the soft ways I'm supporting that. And that's the ways where you look at things like new solutions, increased value that has an increased price along with it, better ways of asking for referrals, uh, prioritizing your clients, and adding cold calling into the mix. Ultimately, you will get better at what you do no matter what you do. And if you need help along the way, you know where to reach out. Go to pksolutionsgroup.com. I'll be there waiting to help you make better be yours on a daily basis. Thank you.